Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. Riverside Church is a community of believers striving side-by-side for the gospel in the greater New Orleans area. For more information about Riverside Church, go to riversidelife.org. Read to you all the way through verse uh, 24. The Bible tells us, we said it in our prayer this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 if anyone, anyone, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. These are the words of the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And these well known words that were given to the church at Corinth. We hear a similar, similar message this morning. Not quite as, as clear as he's saying to the church at Corinth, but Paul is making it known to the church, churches of Galatia, that if anyone is in Christ and in Christ alone, period, Christ plus nothing, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Paul is telling us in Galatians 1, 10 through 24 that he has been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's telling us he's been changed by Christ alone. He's been tra- changed by grace alone, through faith alone, for the glory of God alone. All of it unmerited, all of it unearned, all of it undeserved favor of God. It's grace all the way down. Paul is making that known to the church of the Galatia because it was this beautiful truth of God's kindness to us in Jesus Christ that the churches of Galatia had already turned from. Whether they got bored with it or just wanted to contribute something to their salvation to feel like they played a part, whatever it was, the church of Galatia left the truth of Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, through the finished work of Christ alone. They left this beautiful truth behind and started listening to a group of teachers called Judaizers who were preaching Christ, but Christ plus something else. It's a similar thing that we see in Acts 15 when they get to the Jerusalem council that these folks were saying that in order to be saved, period, in order to be saved, you must keep, you must keep the law of Moses. In order to be truly changed, human performance qualifies you for salvation. They left the glorious truth of grace alone. So Paul writes this letter saying, may it never be. Because what's at stake? If you leave the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of grace alone, you are deserting God himself. You're missing the joy of grace. You're missing a culture of grace. Now this church is starting to be divided over this because they left the gospel of grace behind. The point is, is that we must get the gospel Right. And Paul is clear of what the good news of Jesus Christ is. Here's how William Tyndale described the gospel. He says, Evangelion, gospel, is a Greek word signifying good, merry, glad, and joyful news, not advice, news that makes a man's heart glad and makes him sing and dance and leap for joy. This is news that we proclaim, and this is news that changes our heart. Uh, he's not in here this morning, but I have a, a three-year-old son who loves the song, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. You remember that song? 
Remember that? I got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart. So sometimes we're in the car. He's usually tired. He needs a nap and he wants to hear joy, joy, joy. But I have to pull over because it's on YouTube or stop or get in carpool line or whatever it is in order to pull that up on my phone because I don't want to text and drive, right? And so there I'm like, Silas, you just got to wait a minute. And he starts to get angry. I want joy, joy, joy. I'm like, dude, I think you're missing it. (laughs) You're proclaiming with your lips one thing, but your heart is telling me something completely different. If we miss the gospel, even if we have it right in word, even if he's making that request, joy, 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 the right words are coming out of his mouth. His doctrine is, is solid, as it were. But if we miss the gospel that it's by grace alone, what we are going to sacrifice is not only truth, but we're going to sacrifice the tone of our congregation. So what's at stake is not only the truth of the gospel and proclaiming right things, but if we leave the gospel of grace behind and add human performance to it or anything other than Christ, our tone is going to change. Well, we preach the right gospel. Well, we, we do that. We do, but our tone is at stake if we add anything to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ray Ortland described the gospel, defines the gospel like it's a message with particular content not to be altered. It's news that God, through the perfect life, atoning death, and bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, rescues all of his people from the wrath of God into peace with God, with a promise of full restoration of his created order forever, all to the praise of his glorious grace. I say that all to say, we need to get the gospel right. If we miss the gospel, we miss truth. And if we don't get the gospel right, not only in word or deed, we miss our tone and we don't have a culture of grace and we will fall apart as a church. We've got to get the gospel of grace right. There's several things that I want you to see in this text this morning. The first thing is this. It's by grace. It's by grace that there is good news at all. It's by grace that there is good news at all. Look at verse 11. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul is clear as he's already been. He's being clear again that this gospel he's preaching is not a man's gospel. And hearing this, I think first of all and primarily, Paul is putting what he is preaching side by side with what the Judaizers are preaching. They are preaching a man-made gospel. That it's Christ plus anything else. It's Christ plus works. It's Christ plus this culture. It's Christ plus this part. It's Christ plus something else. And so Paul is distinguishing between what he's preaching and what the Judaizers are preaching. And he is making it clear that the message that he is preaching is not a message that he has made up, but it's a message that he has received. That's absolutely what Paul is doing. But as I read this text this week, I'm thinking there is a glorious truth about this reality that the way that Paul received this message is by revelation. 
So not only is Paul comparing what he's preaching to the Judaizers, second, I hear Paul telling us that this message was received as a gift by revelation of Jesus Christ. The only reason that they heard, he heard the gospel and preaches the gospel is because Jesus was kind enough to meet him on the road to Damascus and make the gospel known to him. The very fact Brothers and sisters, the very fact that there is good news is a certain sign of grace. God did not need to make himself known. There was nothing that he was lacking. God is perfect. He is holy. He is happy. Not needing our approval or not needing anything from us. But in his mercy... He chose to create us. He chose to reveal himself to us and make himself known. This is all grace. God makes himself known to his creatures because he's a personal God. He speaks. And although people suppress, here's what one pastor says, although people suppress the knowledge of God and their sin, he has clearly communicated about himself to his creatures through his creation and through humans being made in the image of God. On top of this general revelation, God communicates about himself to particular people in special revelation which includes the events of nature and history and human words that are inspired by God and recorded for us in Scripture. And through the person of Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate image of God, in all of these, God makes himself known to us. In John seventeen twenty four, Jesus says this, in his great love, he desires for us, disciples of Christ, to be with him in heaven so that we might enjoy the glory of God just as he did before the foundations of the earth. What grace is this? That the God of all creation would reveal himself and make known to us good news. The fact that there is good news at all His grace from our gracious God who in his mercy has revealed himself to us in Jesus Christ. And here these Judaizers are saying that Christ is not enough. The exact imprint of the nature of God. The perfect revelation. God himself in the flesh. That's not enough. We need Christ but something else. Do you remember the Garden of Eden? God in his mercy creates humans. And these humans... These creatures blatantly rebel against God and say, yes, you have told us this, but we will not listen to you. He could have said done, like that's it, wiped out, done. But how does God respond to the rebellion of sinful man? With a promise that he will crush this deceiving serpent By being crushed himself so that we could go free. Can you believe that? The gospel of grace. Christ plus nothing else. That God himself would come in the flesh and that he would crush the serpent for us. 
God at that moment could have said, you're done. But he clothed them and sent them on and said, I will provide a way for you to once again be in my presence forever. Brothers and sisters, by grace, there's good news at all. The very grace that God revealed himself to Paul. The very grace that he revealed himself, that there is good news, revealed himself to humanity. The very grace that he revealed himself to you, made himself known to you, opened your eyes and opened your ears and softened your heart to receive him. It's all grace that there is good news. Point number two, not only by grace is there good news, by grace this news is applied to us. Verse 13. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born, who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Brothers and sisters, not only is there good news, but this good news, this work of Christ, is applied to us by grace. So by grace there is good news. By grace this news is applied to us. Who is us? It's anyone. If anyone is in Christ, they are new creation. Do you hear how Paul described himself? He was the most zealous religious man you can find. He was also one of the most violent terrorists of all time. When the Lord met him, he was on his way to go to destroy more Christians. That's what he was after. And so I love this, that we get this picture in Paul, that he was the best of the best as far as it goes with the religious. If he had a resume to show the Lord for his religiosity, he had it to show. If he had a reason to say, I deserve favor with the Lord, he had it to show based on his credentials. If he had something to say that I am so bad that I don't deserve the favor of the Lord, or I could never receive the grace of the Lord, he had that as well. Because he was a treacherous terrorist. And so you see on the both ends of the spectrum, he was the best of the best, as it were, according to religion, and he was the worst of the worst. So this is good news of the gospel for Jesus Christ of anyone. Even for Paul. His life before Jesus, his life before grace, was an absolute mess. But something happened. Not only was he told there was a gospel, not only was he revealed this gospel that was not man-made. Did you see what it says in verse 3? But he who had set me apart before I was born, who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me. Jesus steps in. And Jesus does something about his condition. And notice this. That this gospel is not advice. Jesus did not reveal himself to Paul and say, therefore, now you must do this in order to earn the favor of God. No. Jesus, before he was born, the God before he was born, had set him apart. This is unconditional grace. Even with his former life, he's not giving this advice. 
but an announcement of what Christ has done. He set you apart. He called you by grace. And he was pleased to reveal his son to me. The gospel is not a law demanding we pay our own way. The gospel is a welcome announcement declaring that Jesus has paid it all. It's like a long-awaited telephone call that we eagerly anticipate and finally receive it with glad hearts. Yes, you are a treacherous terrorist. Yes, you are religious by imagination, beyond all imagination. And you are under the wrath of God. But I got good news. Not advice, I got news that something's been done for you. That this gospel can be applied to you by grace alone, through faith alone. For all who repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, we hear these good words that all are guilty without hope. But Jesus became sin who knew no sin. All were going the wrong way, but Jesus is the way to the Father. We were strangers, but Jesus, our brother, brings us to the Father. By grace, by grace, this news is applied to us. He set me apart before I was born. This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, what some call the golden chain of Salvation, those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. That Paul's security is not in anything that he has done, but it's in the grace of God alone. That God set his love upon Paul, here it says, before he was born. And Paul, Jesus was gracious enough to call him, to tell him of this good news. And he was pleased, he was, Jesus, to reveal his son to me. God was in Jesus Christ to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So notice the sovereignty of God. He set me apart. He called me and he revealed himself to me and notice how personal this is he set me apart he called me and he revealed himself to me oh what grace that there is a gospel oh what grace that he would make this gospel known to us Oh, what grace that he would call individuals. Do you remember the moment God opened your ears and eyes to the gospel? Oh, what grace that this news is now applied to us by grace alone, not through works of the law. So not only is it grace that there is news at all, not only is it by grace that this news is applied to us, by grace We are commissioned with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 16, he was pleased to reveal his son to me. Galatians 1.16, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. 
I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Let's just stop there. What Paul is saying that I didn't consult with anyone. What I was revealed, what was revealed to me by Christ, what the gospel that was revealed to me is the gospel that I'm preaching. It's unaltered by anyone. Then after three years, he's given a little personal testimony here. I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. <coughs> Excuse me. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And what I'm writing to you before God, I do not lie. Verse 21. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. And I was still unknown in person among the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They were only hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. So here's the third point. Not only is there a gospel by grace, not only is this gospel applied to us by grace, but we are commissioned by grace. Upon receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ, we see Paul was commissioned to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Now, this is a special calling that Paul himself had to be the apostle to the Gentiles to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. But it's true of all of us from the words of Jesus himself. If we are in Christ and we are on mission, we come under the mission of Christ. The Bible tells us that we are to proclaim the excellencies, all of us who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That by the gospel, we are a chosen race, Peter tells us, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim him and the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness by grace into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So keep your conduct honorable so that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So who we are in Christ, that we may proclaim him, that we might live according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that Gentiles might see us and glorify God and be ready for the day that the Lord returns. Here's my point, that if we have received the gospel of grace, then by grace, we are commissioned by our Lord and Savior, Christ, Jesus Christ. We are commissioned by our King through word and deed to proclaim the excellencies of him who has poured his grace out upon us. That's what we are now called to do. So here's the thing. This very mission that we have as a church the very mission we have as the great commission to make the gospel known to all of the nations. It's not law, it's all grace. It's not do this in order to earn the favor of God. Don't go proclaim him in order to earn the favor of God. We get to proclaim him because our father loves us so much that he has called us and he has already glorified us, Paul tells us in Romans chapter eight. It is as good as done. And because our Father has been so kind to us, we get the great privilege, the grace of making him known to the nations. This is not law. This is grace. And not only by grace do we have a mission, get this, by grace, we are commissioned by him, so we're under his mission, and by grace, we are empowered for this mission. 
We have a responsibility to be on mission with our sovereign king. And what he demands, the very commission that he gives us, watch this, he empowers us by his grace to do. It's grace all the way down. It's like the grace never stops. It's like we're serving God who is gracious and slow to anger and rich in love, abounding in love and kindness and is good to us. Sinners calling us on his mission. What glorious grace is this? The gospel is the good news that we can be rescued. It's the good news that we are rescued. And it's the good news that we are now commissioned. And it's the good news that we are now empowered as new creations by being born again to carry out with the Lord's strength, sealed with the spirit to do the very thing the Lord has called us to do. I love how one pastor describes it like this. He says, if once I thought of grace as a character trait or a disposition or an inclination in the nature of God, which moved him to treat sinners better than they deserve, which is true, Paul's use of grace not only refers to God's character trait or disposition or inclination to treat people better than we deserve, but the word grace also refers to the action or the power or the influence or the force of this disposition, which produces real practical outcomes in people's lives, like being sufficient for good deeds, for enduring the thorn in the flesh, or working harder than everybody else, which Paul says about his own apostolic work. Listen to Second Corinthians chapter 9, 8. God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So here's how, it's unmerited favor. We're saved by grace alone. But we are carried by grace alone. That the very reason that we are able to do works pleasing to the Lord and to be abounding in good works, it's all because of grace. All the way down. It never stops. Second Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. Grace is what makes us strong in our weakness. When we're enduring a thorn in the flesh or we're going through a trial, when we are overwhelmed, the very reason that we make, are made strong is not because of human willpower. It is because of the grace of God that saved us and that is still at work in us. So if God has ever sustained you in your weakness, it's all grace. 1 Corinthians 15.10, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder. That's the effect of grace than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was in me. The very reason that we are able to work hard for the glory of God is by grace. This might be the hardest for some of us. We think we work hard out of our own strength. And God says, no, if you are working for the glory of God, all of that is grace as well. This is why Peter says we are stewards of God's grace. We're not earners of God's grace through our work and through our strength and all of this. We are stewards of God's grace. He has each given us a gift, particularly the gift of his grace. And that plays out in the body in all sorts of ways. 
And whatever grace he has given you, you are, the Bible says, to steward that. You know what a steward is? It's one who receives something. They haven't earned it. They received it. And their calling is then to use that in the way it was intended to be used. We're not earners of God's grace. We're stewards of God's grace. So this means you don't get to reckon yourself better than one, someone else. You don't get to say, I'm a harder worker because I'm a better person than them. But God has given me these gifts. He's given me these strengths. And by the grace of God, I understand that it's all the grace of God. So I don't hold those things over my brothers and sisters. I don't demean my brothers and sisters. I bring glory to God. Say, thank you, God, for giving me this grace. That your grace might be known. By grace, we are called to his mission. By grace, we are empowered for his mission. And by grace, what's more, these redeemed lives bring glory to God. Paul says it right at the end. And they glorified God because of me. Notice the shift that's happened in Paul. All of this starts in verse 10. We haven't mentioned verse 10 yet, but all of this starts in verse 10. For at one time he was seeking the approval of man, but now if he were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. That grace has changed him to the core. And now this life of his, this redeemed life of his, is being lived where people are glorifying God because of him. That's our hope. That's our mission. That God might be glorified because of the people of Riverside Church. What if that was said about us? The way that will happen is if we realize that it's all grace all the way down. If we realize that we will never be a servant of Christ if we were trying to please man. It'll only happen when we realize that it's grace all the way to the bottom. That we no longer live for the glory of man, but we live for the glory of Christ. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But in the fear of God comes freedom. By grace, these lives are able to glorify the Lord. And by grace, he has rewritten our story. Paul is telling a personal testimony here. He's not telling us a personal testimony in order to get us overwhelmed. Well, my testimony is not quite like that. My testimony is kind of boring. If you have a boring testimony, praise God that he has protected you and sustained you and not letting you fall into this religious zealot or into this treacherous terrorist kind of mode, right? Paul's telling this testimony to tell us that anyone can be saved. Anyone can receive the grace of the Lord because it's all grace. The religious elite, the murderer, the very good who think that they are too good. They don't need Jesus. The gospel is for them. The one who is so bad who think that they can't have Jesus. The gospel is for them. And for all of those in between, the gospel is for all who might repent of their sins and trust in Jesus Christ. Paul's testimony is telling them what Christ has done for him. How he's changed them. And the truth of the matter is all of us who have receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, we all have a testimony that God set his love on us, that he called us, that he revealed himself to us, that he glorified us. And it's all, all grace. 
And so we look to the Lord and say, God, use this life any way that you choose. And maybe I get, may I be a good steward of the grace of God who has been so gracious to me. Let's go ahead and turn to the Lord in prayer.